0: And there's no serious side effects or consequences to fasting. If there was, we would have known about it several thousand years ago. We've always been trained that you have to eat, you have to eat, you have to eat. We're completely wrong on this. There's actually huge benefits that we weren't recognizing. The, the, The results have been unbelievable. I mean, people come in, we see people all the time. I take them off all their medications. You know, they're losing weight. They're finding it easy. They have so much energy and it's just been incredible.
1: Could one of the oldest dietary interventions in the world have a profound and beneficial influence on your health? Hi, this is Dr. Mercola helping you take control of your health and today we're joined by Jason Fung who I'm very excited to connect with today because he's written a book about fasting and uh, it's just been published and it's really one of the most important books I think that you could read for most, for most people to, to jumpstart your way to health. So welcome so much, or welcome, huh. thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you yes. very much. So happy to be here. I guess when you first uh, sought to implement this program, there really, when we talked earlier, you shared that there really wasn't anything written, any formal guide, which is why you wrote the complete guide to fasting, and you had to sort of develop these, these processes by yourself, and maybe you can explain that process.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So, and a lot of a lot of uh, patients have said the same thing. They're like, "Oh, where where can I find some information about this?" And there was just nothing. There's no books, everywhere you turn, somebody would be telling them why they shouldn't be fasting. Nobody had any idea of any kind of protocols or what sort of guidelines, what problems could come up, what to do about them. And I think it's because people who used to fast these sort of things would be passed on Kind of from generation to generation, but now it's kind of been lost. It's you know almost a lost secret, for example. So this is the thing you had. We had to take our experience and see what worked and see how people enjoyed it. Like there was a little bit of stuff you could go back, but a lot of the data is very old. A lot of the literature is very old. So what we've done is we've tried to you know use our experience to kind of help people get through it. You know, And give them some guidance as, as well some support to say that, yes, this is something that's okay. And uh, the thing is that's uh, funny is that when people come back, when people start, they're super skeptical, they think that it's terrible, right? But then they come back and they're total converts, right? They're like, this is like the best thing because they're losing weight. They're seeing that they're, they're, their medications are uh, going down, their sugars are going down. So it's obvious to them that they're actually getting much, much healthier. And this is all without medications. We're trying to take away medications. It's an all-natural solution right and you're really letting your body just clean itself out from all of that excess sugar and fat and there's nothing wrong with it and it's free and it's available all we have to do is give people the knowledge and they can make themselves better which is incredible right i mean we have great drugs and you know for hepatitis c but they're super expensive right we're not talking about that we're talking about something that's available to everybody in the world as long as they have that knowledge,
1: you've got two thirds of the population of the Western world who are overweight, and a third of those obese, and in some communities it's maybe as much as 80%, and we're heading in that direction. So, this is the subset of people, I mean, they could use nutritional glutosis, as you mentioned earlier, compliance is just a challenge beyond belief, and people are just very challenged to implement that program, but the fasting allows them to do it rapidly, and rather than wait weeks to in many cases months to actually uh, uh, upregulate their system to be able to metabolize fat effectively again with fasting you can do it in days it's like a massive jump start and you know your book is so great because it it really provides them with simple basic guidelines and and it reviews some of the myths and the dangers that people are afraid of for because and, and may prevent them from implementing it. And one of the most basic ones is the difference between starvation and fasting, where starvation is is mandatory and not fasting is optional. You can stop at any time, any whenever you want, Absolutely. if you feel to. So. Why don't you go over that? Because what the other and the other another important uh, myth is that you're going to start burning all your muscles. And the, there's a right. magnificent process in the book that you describe where you start down regulating your, your protein catabolism and actually upregulating growth hormone. It's just a magnificent biochemistry. So it's and it's a oh, fascinating nice. story. So why so why don't you review that for us?
0: Yeah, so uh, everybody says about starvation, oh, you know, that's the first reaction. They say, You're gonna starve people? That's crazy, right? It's like, no, starvation is where you don't eat, but you don't know when you're going to eat again, right? So fasting is completely different. It's completely voluntary, and you can do it for any reason, whether you do it for health reasons or spiritual reasons or people do hunger strikes or whatever it is you want to do. You want to lose a few pounds for the red carpet, go ahead. You do it. But if you don't feel well, you stop. Starvation is totally different, and it's not healthy, right? Starvation is what happened to, you know, the prisoners of war and so on. They got nothing to eat, and they didn't know if they'd eat again ever, right? So that's not healthy, and that's not good for you. Fasting is a because it's a voluntary process, you can control it. You can do more or do less if you if you just had a cruise and you gained five pounds, you can do more, right? But if you're doing well and you don't need to, you can do less. So that's really important because it puts control of the disease back into your own hands, right? You can do it or you cannot not do it. It's an option for you, right? And that's what I say about nutritional ketosis, too. It's great. I think you will get a lot of the same benefits, but if you don't want to go through that whole process, here's an option for you that you can just jump right into it, right? So it's like a tool. You can decide to use it, or you can decide not to use it. But don't throw it away before ever trying it, right? That's the whole point. You can't you can't eliminate one of the most powerful weapons that we have in our arsenal against weight loss without even trying it, right? And that I think is you know the worst thing. Like there are people who are fast and they hate it, then don't use it. You don't have to, right? You can do well doing other things, but if you do it and do well, hey, that's great. You just found yourself the magic bullet for you, right? Because we're all different. And in terms of the uh, the myths, there's so many out there. So one of the the big ones is that you can't because you're going to burn all your muscles, and. It simply doesn't happen. If you follow the biochemistry, our body stores energy as glycogen in the liver, which is links of sugar, chains of sugar, and then it stores body fat. What happens during fasting is that you start by burning off all the glycogen in the liver, which is all the sugar. There's a point there where some of the excess amino acids in your body do get burnt as well. And that's where people say, well, you know, that's where you're burning muscle. But that's, that's not actually what happens. If you look at what happens, the body never upregulates its protein catabolism. So it never is burning muscle. There's a normal turnover that goes on over. So there is a certain amount of protein that you need uh, for a regular turnover. When you start fasting, that starts to go down. And then what happens is you see fat oxidation go way up. So in essence, what you've done is you switched over from burning uh, sugar to burning fat. And once you start burning fat, there's an almost unlimited amount of calories there. So you could go days and days. What's interesting is that if you take a pound of fat, it's roughly 3500 calories. So if you eat somewhere around 1800 2000 calories a day, then it takes actually two full days of fasting to burn a single fat, which is very surprising to people. So if you're trying to lose a hundred pounds, you could theoretically go two hundred days of fasting just to burn all that fat. That's the amount of fasting that you're talking about. So if people worry about fasting for twenty-four hours. I'm like, yeah, you could go two hundred days, right? <laughs> and then it's like, okay, well, maybe it's okay to go twenty-four hours without eating. And the other major myth that comes up all the time is you're going to go into starvation mode, right? I hear this constantly. I can't fast because I'm going to go into starvation mode. My body will start to hang on to fat. And what they're talking about is where the body's metabolism starts to slow down so significantly. So instead of burning two thousand calories a day, your body might burn one thousand calories a day. Right? In that case, if even if you're eating only fifteen hundred calories a day, for example, you're going to gain your weight back. And that's actually what happens during the when you reduce your calories. We know that. All those studies from the biggest loser, all the studies from you know the last fifty years have shown that as you cut your calorie intake, your calorie expenditure goes down as well. And that's if you think about it, that's actually logical because the body is smart, right? The body doesn't want to die. If you are, you know, you start off eating 2000 calories and burning 2000 calories, then all of a sudden you start eating 1500 calories. Well, your body doesn't keep burning 2000 calories because then it's just going to lose all its weight and then it's going to die. For example, if you make $50,000 a year and you spend $50,000, your if your salary goes down to 25,000, you don't want to keep spending $50,000 because you're going to go bankrupt and get thrown in jail and the body is the same way it's not stupid right so it will reduce its caloric expenditure so starvation mode actually is guaranteed if you just try and cut your calories but what's interesting is that actual fasting doesn't do it so what happens during fasting is that if you look at the studies after 4 days of fasting the basal metabolic rate is actually 10% higher than when you started So the body has not shut down at all. In fact, what it's done is it's switched fuel sources. So it switched from burning food to burning fat. And then once it's burning fat, it's like, hey, there's plenty of this stuff. So let's burn our 2,000 calories because it wants to burn that 2,000 calories. So that's the really interesting part is that. It's a very ironic that the one criticism that uh, is always leveled at fasting, which is that you'll go into starvation mode, is the one thing that does not happen. And we see this all the time. We see patients come in, they drag themselves in, and they have no energy at all. And I said, "I'm going to, you know, tell you to fast." And they said, "But I'm so tired already." I said, "Just try it." And then so they try it. They come back, and they're practically running in the door they have so much energy because the problem is not that they have no energy. The problem is that that's all locked away in their fat cells and they have no access to it. So what we've done is we've forced the body to start accessing those stores of energy. And all of a sudden, there's the body's like, well, there's plenty of this stuff, let's go. So insulin is the main hormone that Tells the body whether to store energy or to burn energy. So, this is a normal process. When you eat, you're taking a lot of calories in, and insulin goes up. Insulin tells your body to store energy, right? When insulin falls, then it tells the body to start to release energy. So, what's happening is that over time, as we develop insulin resistance, insulin levels stay high all the time right and that's not a dietary thing necessarily because even during fasting you see that fasting insulin levels stay up when you're you have insulin resistance so if insulin is high your body keeps getting this signal to store energy store energy store energy well if it keeps getting the signal to store energy it's never getting the signal to burn energy so therefore that's why you feel so tired because this energy can't come back up it's it's a one way street right it can go in but it can't come back out and that's why people can't lose the weight so the key to breaking this insulin resistance is actually to have sustained low periods of insulin and that's why the fasting is so important because one it lowers insulin more powerfully than anything else because really you can't get lower than 0 right so the natural stimulus to insulin is Certain foods, not just carbohydrates, but proteins as well. And you can't get lower than zero. So it lowers insulin, but keeps it down for a long period of time. And that's how you kind of get rid of some of this insulin resistance. And as it goes down, you're opening up that door to that energy coming back out. And that's why you start to use up. Some of your fat stores and you're not hungry because you're in essence eating your own fat. And that's the other thing that people are always surprised at when they come back is that, hey, I'm not actually that hungry. You know, and it's like, well, that's not a surprise because your body is burning fat. If it's burning fat, it doesn't need to eat. It's signaling your body that you don't need to eat. And therefore, now you're working with your body in terms of trying to lose that weight. So it actually answers the question of meal timing as well as the what to eat sort of uh, question. So it actually deals with a separate issue. So we talk a lot about what you should eat what you shouldn't eat but people never talk about meal timing and you know making sure that you have long periods uh, where you're not eating And again you can even look at the word breakfast in English right And it's like breakfast that's break fast that's the meal that breaks your fast. So that implies two things one, is that fasting is a part of everyday life right and we've forgotten that we think it's some sort of f word right but it's not we should be fasting every day if you balance your periods of feeding and fasting you will stay in balance if you are always in feeding phase then you're not going to be in balance, and you're going to gain weight. So that's what it means. And the second thing it means is that you can break your fast at any time. It doesn't have to be eight in the morning. It doesn't have to be seven in the morning. You can break your fast at any time of the day, or you can be two days later. It's not that important. But when you, but 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 I think it's important to realize that that you know there's so many kind of myths around. Um, breakfast, oh, you have to eat, you have to eat, you have to eat. And unfortunately, that's the message that's gone out there. And people, even when they're not hungry, are forcing themselves to eat something, right? A slice of toast in the morning, right? Some sugary cereal in the morning, and they're not even hungry. Well, forcing yourself to eat when you're not hungry is not a winning strategy for weight loss, right? And, you know, logically, it doesn't even make sense. But these sort of, you know, illogical uh, thoughts get kind of propagated, and then it becomes kind of conventional... Dietary advice, right? Eat breakfast. If you're not hungry, eat breakfast, right?
1: we're talking about fasting and uh, we really didn't define it because there's a whole variety of fasts which you go into in your book but for for just to summarize it simply that we we're, we're really what you've been dis- discussing previously is water fasting for right. for more than a few days but there's of course intermittent fasting which we'll touch on a bit later but i'm wondering before the water fast if you could provide us with guidelines of who should not be a candidate and uh, and how it should be implemented because the vast majority of people watching this probably would benefit from it. I would suggest but eighty percent, and really don't need any supervision other than the to pick up a copy of your book, The Complete Guide to Fasting. But why don't you discuss the you know the people who are underweight or those who are on medications or any other you know like pregnant women or children that were be a contraindication.
0: Yeah, so there's several absolute contraindications. So anybody who is underweight, and that's defined as a body mass index less than eighteen point five, obviously, if you're at risk of being malnourished, you should eat, right? That's just logic. There's several other people though. Children uh, should generally not fast for extended periods. Obviously, if they miss one meal here and there, it's not a big deal uh everybody's done that but they shouldn't be uh, willfully trying to go you know more than 24 hours and the reason is that the consequences are too high right the children they need nutrients to grow right if they want to try and lose weight which many do have to then cutting out refined grains cutting out sugars is the way to go fasting because it restricts all nutrients including those they might need is a riskier strategy. And again, all throughout history people have acknowledged that and children generally do not fast, like for religious purposes and so on. And it the same applies to pregnant women and also breastfeeding women. So there's a whole uh you know number of reasons why you need those nutrients, right? And you can harm the fetus and you can harm the baby if the mother does not get adequate nutrients. So the risk is too high. And remember that those for pregnancy and breastfeeding, it's a time limited situation. So it's not like you're always going to be breastfeeding, so you can wait until it's done and then really try to get into it. And there are other strategies that you can use. For those people, those are absolute contraindications. They really shouldn't try it at all. For most other people, they're they're fine, but there are certain uh, people who have to be careful. So people taking medications have to be careful, because some have to be taken um, with food, for example, uh, a lot of uh, medications such as metformin, aspirin, iron, they're often recommended to take food, and you can get an upset stomach or even ulcers in some cases if you don't take it with food. So you have to be very careful if you're taking medications. And the second uh, real uh, caveat is those people who are on diabetic medications, because if you take the same dose of medication but don't eat, you run the risk of having very low blood sugars. Now, the very low blood sugars is very dangerous, and you have to adjust your medication before you do the fasting, and that's really where you have to kind of engage your physician and uh, get some instructions as to what to do. The um, the one other thing that you have to be careful as is, if, is uh, uric acid. So there can be an increase in uric acid during fasting, and the reason is that the uh, kidneys increase the reabsorption of uric acid, so therefore sometimes that can precipitate you. Now most people do fine with it, but if that becomes a problem, that may be, it may limit the, uh, the amount of fasting you can do. So there's, uh, as you said, there's different types of fasting as well. So classically, it's water only, but there's a number of different ones you can do, and really, it's just the absence of eating. But there's uh, the variations are kind of infinite, kind of. So you can do water only. You can do a dry fasting. So certain religious uh, people, such as Ramadan uh, in the uh, Muslim faith, they actually when they fast, they don't eat or drink. So that's considered dry fasting. From a medical standpoint, I never recommend that because it makes it much harder. Because you're not only fasting, you're also getting dehydrated because you're not getting any water. So I never recommend that from a medical standpoint. For religious purposes, there you know there are lots of different ways to do it. Then there's uh, what I consider uh, kind of standard fasting, which is I allow things like non-caloric fluids, things like herbal teas and green teas and uh, coffee. Now. Some people look at non-caloric sweeteners like artificial sweeteners, artificial flavors, and say should they be, shouldn't they be? Again, there's no hard and fast rules, but my general recommendation is not to include any of those. Uh, a, a very much more popular type of fasting is what I call uh the fat fast, which is where you only allow fat during the fasting period. And it sounds really silly because fat in general, pure fat, is not taken by itself. Like, we don't generally eat a stick of butter on its own, right? But now with the Bulletproof Coffee, for example, you would mix in butter and MCT oil or coconut oil into the, co- uh, into the coffee. So you're actually getting, you can get a substantial number of calories. The important thing, though, is not the calories per se. It's actually the insulin response, and what's interesting is that dietary fat produces very little insulin response, so because you're keeping insulin levels low, you can actually get almost all the benefits of the fast despite taking a lot of calories as fat and potentially making it much easier to do the fast. So anything that increases your probability of success, I'm like, uh, I'm all for. So lots of people have done very well with this sort of fat fast. Another variation that we use quite a bit for the longer fast, particularly, is to allow the use of bone broth. Now, bone broth contains lots of uh, proteins as well. There's gelatin and there's all the proteins from the from the bone. It's a very healthy and traditional food. And the thing is that we see people who take bone broth um, as well as, you know, waters and teas and coffees and do very well. And if you do very well, then I, I don't have a problem. Is it true fasting? No, not really, because you're taking calories, there is, there, there is food there, there is protein there. So it's not a true fast, but that's not my point. My point is that if you're getting the results that you want, and it's making it easier for you to stick to the program, then you should do it. Now, if you start getting bad results with fat fasting or bone broth fasting, then you can go to classic water-only fast. Right? But these things are there available. They're all variations and you really have to see what works for you and choose what works for you the best. And we have people who, you know, find that they hate bone broth and they'll just go to water and do very well. And other people say, Wow, that the, the bulletproof coffee, it works tremendously for me. And I'm like, hey, okay, do it then. If you're losing weight and you're coming off your medications, why do I care that it's not a true fast? I really don't. I only care that you get better.
1: Well, let's talk a little bit about cycles now in in life and biology Um, because say you have a really committed individual and can follow, does the, maybe does, the water fast initially are not over, but the end result is their nutritional ketosis. It seems like it may not be the wisest strategy for someone to be in nutritional ketosis all the time, even though it also has all these magnificent benefits. One primarily is because of the social impact. We are social animals, and primarily one of the things we do all the time when we get together is celebrate with eating, yeah. so birthdays, holidays, anniversaries. So uh, why don't you discuss this and how, and how you integrate the cycle components with With feasting and fasting? So, I think this is one of the things that's really important because I actually think that successful
0: diets are actually intermittent, not continuous, because the cycle of life is really intermittent, right? I mean, this is what we talk about. One of the most important things in fasting is to integrate it into your life because there are going to be times that you don't want to be fasting, right? It's like You don't want to be that guy who is at the wedding and he won't eat the cake and he won't drink the wine and he won't eat the hors d'oeuvres and he takes, you know, every piece of breading off of whatever, right? It's just not fun, right? And you can't be that guy forever. He's known as the party pooper, right?
1: Or or the orthorexic.
0: (laughs) Yeah, and it's just not the way that we're uh, supposed to do things. And that's not the cycle of life. Like, even if you look at kind of patterns, like... You know, uh, you look at, uh, say, Christmas. It's not a time to fast, right? It's a celebration. You've got to feast because you've got to celebrate life sometimes because sometimes, hey, it's just good to be alive, right? But then you have to follow that with a period of fasting. And we do that, for example, uh, you know, around the time of Lent and Easter. It's a prescribed period of fasting. So there are times to feast and times to fast. And it's, it goes the same. You have to balance them. It's all a matter of balance. So life is a matter of balance, right? So you balance the times where you eat a lot, but you can't go back to normal. You have to go and eat very little. So if you balance periods where you eat a lot with periods you eat very little, you'll stay in balance and you'll do well. So because life is intermittent, I actually think that intermittent diets are more successful than continuous diets. You can use continual diets for for a period of time, but eventually I think that they're very difficult. Because if you go on a cruise, you go on a holiday, uh, you know, what are you going to do? You can can, uh, stop and not do it, but it's hard and it impacts your life i once had a fellow who used to go out with his friends at lunchtime and you know hang out and stuff when he started fasting he said oh i cut that all out i'm like no you can't you know this is your social circle these are your friends you go and hang out with them right but if it means you skip dinner then skip dinner right because when you're by yourself you can do that right so you have to figure out how it's going to integrate into your own life some people Do the long fast and have real trouble because they have dinner with their family every night. Then they shouldn't do that, right? -hmm. But if it's not so much trouble and you like it, then do it, right? So I I I try to work with people individually because we can't kind of say, oh, you have you should do this. Everybody should do this, right? Because that's not the way that life is. So yeah, these cycles are really important to us.
1: All right. Well, let's go back to the mental components for a moment, because in order to adopt this program, I just wanted to mention and reemphasize. You mentioned it slightly, but I've reemphasized the point that your hunger goes away. So when you're at these celebrations, your desire, your cravings, your just d- intensity for devouring this piece of cake or dessert, it's not there. So yeah, you can have it to celebrate yeah. it with people. Maybe have a little piece, so you're you're fine with it. But then also discuss that the mental clarity. Because I don't think we mentioned that that, that oh, literally yeah. is universal in anyone who adopts this program of this way of eating.
0: Yeah, that's one of the things that surprises people. So I had a friend. Uh, he's a physician. He works in the emergency a lot. And you know, he had some weight to lose, so he started doing some of the fasting and so on. And he says, "Wow, this is amazing! Like I feel like my brain is just electric. I feel like I can do anything." And it's really interesting because again, as you get the ketones, uh the brains really can metabolize them well and it really makes them function on a very high level. And this idea that it improves your mental clarity is not new. What's really interesting is that you can find mentions of it all over the place. So if you look at the ancient Greeks, uh Hippocrates and all the ancient Greeks, they fasted a lot, but they didn't do it to lose weight, because there was really no obesity back in ancient Greece. It was because they they understood that it made them think a lot better so all these ancient greek philosophers and stuff they all fasted so that they could actually think better and uh, there's, a, there's a, uh, a very interesting uh, novel uh, by Lauren Hillebrand called Unbroken. It talks about the prisoners of war, uh, the American prisoners of war in Japan. And what they describe in it was the astonishing mental clarity of starvation. That's what they called it. And I, I remember I was listening to that book. <laughs> I was like flabbergasted because here it is a novelist. You know, these people, uh, they describe. Uh, a, Prisoner of war who, for instance, was reading books purely through memory. Some other fellow who learned the entire Norwegian language in like two days. Like just incredible stuff, because their brain is just working like so well. And it's because of this idea that you can, you you, you know, these ketones are actually a much better fuel for the brain and so on. And so yeah, it's 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 astonishing sometimes. In terms of the advantages of fasting, I think the, the, the key thing to understand is that fasting is not it's it's almost the opposite of every diet that's out there, and that's why it's so successful. It's because there's so many advantages to it. It's it's a it's not complicating your life, it's actually simplifying your life, right? So it doesn't cost any money. In fact, it saves you money. It doesn't take any time. In fact, it saves you time because you don't have to cook, you don't have to eat, you don't have to do anything, right? It doesn't—you you don't have to plan for it. You don't—it makes it so much easier because you don't have to wonder, oh, what am I going to do for lunch? It, you know, there's so many different ways that it's—it's it's beneficial. You can add it to any diet. If you're vegetarian, you can still fast. If you're don't eat nuts, if you have an allergy to wheat, if you have, you know, uh, can't cook you can still you can still fast right any diet can be improved by the fasting and so there's so many different ways and it's so powerful it's limitless right so you can continue fasting as long as you want until you get the benefits that you want right the world record is 382 days right so you can go a long time powered on your own body fat so is it going to work well if you don't eat you'll lose weight that's virtually guaranteed right so if you wonder whether this diet works or not well it will work right <laughs> there's no doubt about it right so the only question's left is one is it healthy for you and i think the surprising answer to most people is that yes it's actually extremely healthy and can you do it and that's what, what the book is for right it's to help you and that's what online groups are for support groups and that kind of thing because literally Millions of people around the world do this every day, right? So, Buddhists and Muslims, they all have prescribed periods of fasting. So, literally, millions of people are doing this, you know, every month or every week or whatever it is. So, if there are millions of people doing it, there's no reason why we can't. The only reason that we think we can't is because people tell us that we we can't, right? There's nobody out there saying, "Yes, we can. You can do this. There's no problem." But when you fast for a blood test, a blood cholesterol test or whatever, nobody says, "Oh, you can't do that." Or if you do a colonoscopy, which is routine now, and you have to fast for 48 hours, nobody says, "Well, you can't do that. It's really unhealthy for you, right?" You just they just say, "Well, you can't eat for 48 hours. Go ahead, right?" And well, and there's no problem.
1: Well, let's provide our viewers with a little more reinforcement and encouragement that, and support that suggests that this is safe. So if you could just share with us how many people, and I suspect the most, vast majority of the people you've helped are really sick patients, otherwise they're not going to be seen because yeah. you're a nephrologist. They're seeing you with, a, you know, maybe end-stage renal disease. So how many people have you helped? How long have you been doing it? And then as a, a follow-up to that, what has been the response by your medical colleagues? Yeah, so it's been about five years. Um
0: now and we've probably put over a thousand people on various fasting regimens. Some people do tremendously well. We had one fellow, for example, he had 20 years of type 2 diabetes. He was only about you know late 50s, I think. Insulin for five years, within two weeks, we took him off everything. All his insulin was gone and his sugars were normal, right? So 20 years of type 2 diabetes and we took it all away in about two weeks unbelievable so then his sister saw he was doing really well so she comes in she's on three pills for diabetes and within a month we took her off all three she takes herself off the other two blood pressure medications and cholesterol pills we took her off six medications in a month and a half so it's like that's amazing right obviously that's the, 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 the they did very well but that just goes to show you what can happen when you try some of these things so initially there's a huge amount of stress skepticism, right? Everybody thought I was crazy, right? But now it's like I have so much support from my own local area because everybody's seen the results. I have lots of doctors at my hospital who are doing it. And because once they see it in themselves, they're like, wow, this is so obvious, right? Uh, So they do it and they go, oh, this is amazing. So they start referring me patients and say, I want these benefits for my patient. Because they know they can't provide that kind of uh, supportive environment that we can provide, that we've set up in our clinic where we kind of, uh, you know, anticipate their problems, you know, give them the support, the online resources, the books and all that sort of stuff to be able to do it successfully. And that's the key, right, is to have the acceptance because there's so many naysayers out there who say, you know, you shouldn't do this, you can't do this, right? But within my own local area now, I'm really seeing a lot of uh, strong support for this because it's like it's undeniable, right? People see yeah. the results and they go, oh, okay, you need to do this for all my patients," right?
1: That's what that's what the response
0: mostly is now.
1: All right. Well, let's I- expand that support. You've written probably the best book on the topic, and it's a book that I encourage nearly everyone to get if you're overweight or you have any medical diseases, because there's nothing else like this. This book will guide you through it and most likely, unless you're on taking medications, you won't even need a healthcare professional consultant to help you. I mean, it's always nice to have it, but you can likely do it really well with yourself. So, and especially some of the other, so the book, The Complete Guide to Fasting, pick it up. I mean, you're just, it's, you're going to save the cost, more than save the cost of the book by the food you're not going to eat. So, it's free, essentially. (laughs) <laughs> and the second point is <laughs> that's that, right. Yeah. So if, uh, if you can describe any uh, support groups or re- online resources, your site that, that people might use in this process to support them in, in uh, applying or uh, implementing the WaterFast.
0: Yeah, so the, uh, my website is www.intensivedietarymanagement.com. So that's I write a weekly blog, and there's a lot of information about fasting and so on. And then the other site that's very good is uh, www.dietdoctor.com, which has a lot of uh, information on intermittent fasting, and I also write on there as well. As well as uh, in the subscription part of it, I answer questions and so on for people. So it's definitely worth checking out. It's also a great site for a lot of good recipes and so on so both of those are great uh, you know so you know everything's there and it's like you know the, the the most important message i suppose is that all of this all of this you know health is really yours to take back Right to take back from all the the drug pushers and the people who just want you to take medications and who tell you that you can't do it, you'll always have type two diabetes. No, it's all there. It's all within your grasp. Right. It just requires the right knowledge. That's really what you know. What you provide is the
1: knowledge for people to 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 get healthy. Right. Because yeah, we well, have this culture, of sickness, and drugs. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. Well, that's part because of my. Position on the internet and my reach with millions of people, I'm able to connect with really pioneering individuals like yourself, who've developed these things over years and literally thousands and thousands of hours of time, effort, and energy to develop a a process that's is highly effective. So I I feel a great privilege to be able to connect with people like yourself and share this with more, so that more people can get healthy. I mean, that's what you know. As physicians, uh, we go into most, all of us do at least initially to, to help people get healthier and you know yeah. we eventually realized like you and i both did that the using drugs and medication is only treating the symptoms almost every single time and is not the solution
0: yeah absolutely that's that's the thing that we got off track right as physicians we in the 19th 20th century is all about uh, drugs, because we had a lot of infections, right? So thats a great model. You take this antibiotic, you get better, right? But now, as we go into the twenty-first century, they're all metabolic diseases. They're all dietary diseases. And the problem is, we're trying to use drugs for a dietary disease. It's a diet lifestyle disease, and we throw drugs at it. And then we wonder why our drugs are no good, right? No. Well, it's because their premise is entirely wrong. It's like bringing a snorkel to a bicycle race, right? No. It's just the wrong thing.
1: Yeah, That's agree. what we've
0: done. Yeah.
1: Well, thank you so much. It's been a great pleasure and a privilege to connect with you today and provide such marvelous information, not only in this interview, but in the book, which I encourage almost every one of you to get and put in your library because it's such a powerful dietary invention. It's been used since in ancient history. So why not take advantage of it? It's free. Yeah. So uh, let's do. Let Let's go out and support Jason and his book and tell your friends and family about it because it's a really powerful. Resource for you. So thanks again. Appreciate all your help. Thank you.
0: Thank you.